Thanks to the band. That just a, a great way um, to start tonight. Uh, just um, such foundational truths for us. Just the the faithfulness of God um, from generation to generation. Uh, uh, pretty pretty cool. Um, like Kyle said, um, my name is Madam, one of the uh, one of the elders here at at the church, and. Uh, Josh and uh, Kyle mentioned this. Josh and John, um, who John's one of our other elders, uh, are in are in India. Um, for those of y'all that don't know, uh, this month kind of marked uh, the beginning of our of our partnership um, with a church in Kolkata, or Kolkata. Um, and uh, in this church, there's a there's a couple that um, is basically rescuing uh, these these boys um, from uh, a life of drugs. Um, participation in gangs, sometimes prostitution, um, and uh, they're up there with a group uh, called His Voice Global, and they're kind of the people that kind of put us together with this church and, and this couple. And so um, we started uh, supporting them financially this month, and are going to are going to be their their primary financial support. But um, but what Josh and John are, are down there right now doing with uh, with Vernon, who is the the, the, the head of His Voice Global. Um, is there? Uh, they are um, just kind of down there to, to start to build some relationships with uh, the couple and with the uh, with the boys that are that are there in the home. There's nine boys in the home, and um, just kind of to discern what our role is going to be um, outside of the, the financial support. Um, and so it's a pretty pretty big time. Uh, they're going to be there for the for the rest of this week. I think coming back on on Thursday or Friday. We've got. Uh, I got an email from jo- uh, from Josh um, early this week and just said uh, things are going real well. Um, they're they're uh, building some good relationships with the boys. Um, apparently, I've heard that um, uh, John um, bears a strong resemblance to Batman, and that uh, the boys think that he's got really big muscles. So y'all can uh, y'all can tell him that when you pick on him whenever whenever he comes back. But uh, it just just from talking to um, uh, people that have heard from him, uh, it seems like the Lord is being real faithful in the way that he is just beginning to sustain and build um, those new relationships. So y'all please continue to pray for him. Um, just one thing, they're getting back on Thursday or Friday. Um, I know everybody's going to want to hear how it went, and that's that's great. Give them a couple of days to kind of acclimate. Um, that is a pretty significant jet lag from, from what I hear. And so um, there will be time, trust me, there will be time to kind of ask them and to, and to have them talk and and, and kind of fill us all in on, on how it went. But um, give them a couple of days before you start texting them and everything. So, cool. Um, well, uh, tonight, tonight's going to be good. I'm, I'm excited about, uh, about talking tonight. Um, we'll be talking about uh, uh, this idea of, like, community, like what we do here, um, what our church is about, what, what community is, and, and how it relates to our individual pursuit of, of holiness, and um, this comes from just a couple different different reasons for me. The reason I'm talking about this uh, one's definitely a personal thing. The Lord's definitely been just kind of um, putting His finger on some things in my life, and uh, as far as just my individual pursuit of holiness, so I come as one who is is definitely working through this myself. Um, I've had just the Lord just confirmed multiple times just through conversations with people. Um, um, where similar things just keep on coming up, and uh, 
and um, it's been very cool to see that happen, especially uh, coming into tonight. And then, and also, I think the Lord is just beginning to teach us like what community is again. I know we talk about that a lot, um, but we're in the middle of our of our thirty days of, of prayer right now, um, and uh, we're talking about our our church covenant, which is basically what we believe God has called us to as a community. And so. Uh, <clears throat> And just talking, there's just been some very cool things happening with that. And so I think the Lord is just really pushing us to reevaluate and to look at what community is, what we what we do here, what we do in community groups, what we do in our relational uh, interactions with each other. Um, and so, uh, and also, if I'm going to be speaking a lot to like us, our church body specifically, but if you're here and, and you belong to another church body, this is stuff I'm going to be talking about tonight. You can this applies to, to pretty much any. Uh, any church body, so um, don't tune out because you're not a part of us. So, um, but uh, but we're glad you're here. Uh, but yeah, this is this is gonna be good stuff for for any I think any church body. Um, so I want y'all to uh, turn to Ephesians four. Um, that's where we're gonna be um, for tonight. Uh, we talk a lot about community here. I think if you've been around the ring for any length of time, uh, you've heard the word community. And I think um, that's kind of for lack of a better word, what we're what we're known for, and I don't know if that's really a, a good way to say it. But we, uh, one of the things you when you talk about people, talk to people that have been in this this body for a while, is just they love the way we we do community, and it's not bragging on us at all. It's just uh, uh, what God has done through this through this body from the beginning. Um, but because of the fact that we talk about it, a lot, I think that it's very easy for it um, over time to take on some meaning that it, that it may not have. Um, and so I think it's good for us to, to for tonight just to kind of reevaluate what we're talking about. So um, let's look at uh, Ephesians four. And uh, Ephesians as a book is just great. It's it's a uh, it's it's just talking uh, a lot a lot of pretty cool truths about the church. And uh, um, Paul is speaking to a specific group of people, um, church or churches um, in Ephesus. And uh, and so a lot of the stuff that he says in here is just incredibly. Um, applicable to community and to what we do, what community is about, what the church is about, what it means to, to God. So um, we're going to kind of go through this. Um, it's a lot, and so I'm going to try not to speed through it. I'm going to try not to go too slowly, too. Um, and I think it'll make, it'll make sense. Um, so let's do this. Let's read the first, uh, the first three verses in there. Um, it says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So um, in the first few verses, I'd say the first 15 or 16 verses, Paul just gives us just a, a real big picture perspective, um, a real cool view of what uh, community is. And so he starts it off by saying, um, urging uh, us as a body, them as a body, um, to walk in a manner worthy of their calling, uh, and to pursue unity. And so, um, we're going to look a little bit at what he means by by calling. Um, if you look at Ephesians, you look at the first three chapters, what Paul basically does is he kind of lays out the gospel for us. Um, and so when he talks about our calling, that's what he's talking about. Um, our calling as a people, uh, the fact that we have been rescued by the gospel. Um, we'll kind of read a few verses um, just throughout the first three chapters, you don't have to turn there, but just describing what he's talking about. Um, this is a description of what our calling is. You, uh, you look at uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. 
says that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless uh, before him. Um, so in that we see this idea that um, we have been incredibly blessed um, as God's people. Um, that he chose us before the foundation of the world without beyond any, anything we did, um, that we've been chosen by God. Um, I look at verse 5. Uh, it says, In love he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ. Um, so we see this idea that we've been adopted into the family of God. Um, that's part of our calling as well. Um, we look at uh, verses 7 and 8. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. And so we see the idea of the fact that our, our calling is one of, of forgiveness, and we've been redeemed. Um, he repeats this in, in chapter 2, verses uh, 4 and 5. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we are dead in our trespass, trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Uh, by grace you have been saved. So that, uh, that common theme of God who is loving, who acts on us and redeems us and forgives us um, because of his grace. Um, uh, chapter 1, verse 11, it talks about um, this inheritance. It says, In him... We have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So we have this inheritance that awaits us. Um, uh, we've been called to a, a hope. Um, look at uh, verse, chapter 1, verse 18. Um, it says, uh, uh, And <clears throat> having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Uh, so we see that, that common hope that we have. Um, we see the fact that we, uh, you know, we've been called to be a, a dwelling place of God. Um, uh, chapter 2, verse 22. Um, in him you're also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So um, I don't have time to read through all of the first three chapters, but Paul just does an incredible job of laying out like who we are. Yeah, the, the fact that we have this common calling, this common identity um, as, a, as, a, as a people of God. And so you look at that, and then he says... I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling and to pursue unity. Um, and so what, he, what he's doing is he's saying, you have this common identity, um, now pursue unity because of it. Um, if you look at uh, um, the verses 4 to 6, and so let's, before we do that, common, common identity we all have, and God is calling us to pursue unity because of that common identity. And so I think the next couple of verses he's going to go into, like, why that's important. Um, let's, let's read verses 4 to 6. He um, says, There is one body and one spirit, uh, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So one common identity, a group of people that have a common identity, um, a common basis, who are enabled because of that identity to pursue unity uh, for the purpose of pointing to one thing. And that one thing is the uh, one God and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. Like that, that's what we're called to. Like you recognize our identity, pursue unity, pointing to God. Um, we look at uh, the, the first verse, it says, I therefore a prisoner. Well, anytime I see it, therefore, I kind of look. Um, to the verses above, and I think you, we hear that talked about a lot. And definitely he's, he's saying these things in light of the first three chapters, but if you look at, uh, you don't have to turn here, but I'll, and I'll read it to you. Nate, if you want to put it up there, you can. Uh, 
uh, chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, we kind of see what we're communicating about God. So this unity is pointing to God. And so I think he kind of references uh, this part right here in verses 20 and 21. This is a part of a prayer he's praying for the Ephesians. It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, uh, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And so we see, see, see two things that we're pointing to about God. We're pointing to his power, um, the fact that uh, through the gospel, through um, the fact that he has redeemed us, has forgiven us, um, we are pointing to his power, and through that, pointing to his glory. I mean, showing the world his glory, who he is, the majesty of his character, the majesty of who he is within us. And so, um, pretty cool. I think we begin to see, just from these first six verses, like how... There's a bigger picture going on than, than us just being together, than us just being a part of, of, of a church together. Um, we see um, the magnitude of what we're doing together. Um, pretty cool. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on because I think we get to see uh, more of what community is, what a church is. Um, let's look at verses um, 7 and 10. And I'll kind of read this for us. It says, um, But grace was given to each one of us, according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the one who ascended far above all, all the heavens, that he might fill all things. <clears throat> and so we see this. Basically what that's talking about um, is the incarnation. God, Jesus, God and Jesus coming to earth. Um, and walking fully human yet fully God, and, uh, and so that's big if we're looking at um, what we do as a church because um, that's foundational for us. Um, God sending his, sending Himself in the form in, in the human form of Jesus, who came and who walked um, this earth as we do, um, experienced the things that we did, um, and died a, a death, uh, a very uh, terrible death rose up in victory in death and, uh, and returned to heaven. And if you look at that, the, just the practical implications of that, um, Jesus, by coming to earth, God placed him as head over the church. If you look at verse uh, 10, it says that, that he might fill all things. And that, that phrase, fill all things, it, you see that previously in, in chapter 1, um, verse 22 and 23, and I'll read it. It says, And he put all things under his feet, Christ's feet, and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, uh, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so we see this idea that um, we're a common people, a common people that share an identity, that are pursuing unity, um, pointing back to God. And God in his love has placed Christ, sent Christ to this earth, um, to walk this earth, to die and to, to be raised up, um, and, so that he might become head of us, head of our church, lead, the, lead, lead us as a church, lead the, the, the universal church. And so that's, that's pretty big because we see um, a couple of things. Um, we, we have a leader, we have Christ, who is, who is one that has, has walked the earth, who, who can identify with us, um, who, who knows the struggles we have, who um, has been there. Um, we also have a, 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 a leader, a head, who is um, organizing, who is active within our body. Um, it describes us as a church as his body. So he is growing us up, um, and we as a church are a literal display of Jesus here on earth as his body, as his functioning body. Um, so when we look at that, um, 
that changes things even more because we now are not only pointing to God, but we're, we're a very literal display of who Jesus is as, as, as the Ring Community Church. Um, that is what we do together. Uh, we point back to who Jesus is. And us functioning together in the way that we function uh, is, is pointing back to, to who Jesus is, to his body, to, to, to his character, to the way that he, he, uh, he lived on this earth and the way that he continues to manifest his presence here on the earth. Um, so let's read on. I think cause he talks a little bit more about what Jesus is actively doing within uh, the church body. Um, let's go to, I think, verse 11. We're going to read 11 to 16. It says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children uh, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking uh, the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. A lot of, a lot of stuff there, so we're going to kind of walk through a little bit. Um, first of all, what we see is we see God kind of organizing the church in such a way that it, um, he's setting us up for success. He's, he's organizing, he's very active in the way that he has set the, the church up. He has given us, it says in verse 11, the uh, apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, given us leaders within the church um, to help train and to equip the, the body, um, we see uh, um, the fact that um, that he has given us these things. He's given us these leaders. He's organized the church in such a way that these people are, are teaching and they're, um, they're leading uh, for these purposes. We look at uh, verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful schemes. Um, it says, rather than speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head Christ. And so we see these functions that are happening, the way that God is actively working within us, um, uh, the way that we are growing. We're, as, a, as a body, God has, Christ is actively growing us so that we may be, may be unified in our knowledge of God. So we're, um, as, what we're doing here is us interacting together, Christ working within us, he is um, teaching us more about God through our interactions together. He is unifying us, and he is uh, making us go deeper into intimacy with, with the Lord and our relationships with the Lord um, so that we may, be, we may become mature, mature, able to discern lies and false teaching. Um, that's huge uh, because um, when we look at lies and false teaching and all that stuff, that is, those are very divisive things and can lead to a lot, of, um, a lot of very rough things in a church body. And so as a body... As we're functioning together with Christ um, uh, uh, interacting with us, um, he is helping us discern what truth is, who he is, <clears throat> um, and ultimately that we may grow up into Christ, become more like Christ individually and as a body uh, for the purposes that we talked about before, displaying him here on earth. Um, you look at verse 16, it says that uh, from whom we will grow up into the head, who is Christ, from whom the whole body Joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So when we look at this, we see the fact that 
Um, us as a body are growing, and that, that growth is dependent upon each one of us functioning well. Um, and that, that plays into what we're about to, what we're about to talk about, is that um, as we become, as we realize that we are a people with a common identity, um, pursuing unity uh, in an effort to point back to God and, in, and the glory of God and the power of God, um, he, is, he is growing us uh, individually um, so that we may fulfill the roles that he has called us to, for the purposes of pointing back to, to who God is and his, and his power and his mind and his character. Um, so <clears throat> that's, that's big when we, we move on to talking about what we're about to talk about. Because Paul has just given us this, this, this beautiful picture, this big picture perspective of what community is. Um, uh, that, that, that alone should change the way we see tonight. That alone should change the way we see our community groups. Uh, that alone should change the way we see our interactions with each other and with our friends and with our coworkers um, and our uh, people that we're in school with. Um, that big picture of what we're doing here should change a lot of that. Um, so Paul goes from talking about big picture, this is what community is, and then he moves on to uh, verses 17 to 24, and he, he comes more on, a, on an individual level uh, for us. And so he transitions from corporate, now he's going down to individual. And so let's read this. Uh, we're going to read verses, um, I think, 17 to 22. Um, okay. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. So Paul goes, moves it from the very last, and from verse 16, it says that every, the body grows um, and is held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly. So he talks about each part of the body working properly. Then he moves into basically talking about our individual pursuit of holiness, essentially. And he starts off by saying, comparing this old self to this new self, which he'll mention in 23 and 24. It says that um, he basically gives us a description of, of what this old self, this, this self that we were before we had been redeemed, before we um, became uh, children of God. Uh, he uses words to describe this as alienated. Um, he uses words like hardness of heart, um, callous, ignorance, futility, greedy, corrupt, deceitful. Uh, he uses these I mean, pretty strong words to describe this life that, that we're called to put aside, um, basically what we would call the flesh. Um, if we look at that, and <clears throat> if we look at that, we, we see the fact that if we, we're either pursuing holiness or pursuing these things, um, our life is either leading to holiness or it's leading to a life that um, produces a hardness of heart, callous, ignorance, futility, greedy, corrupt, deceitful. Um, and we look at the way he describes it; it just doesn't make sense for us, like to pursue that stuff. Um, it doesn't make sense for us to give in to uh, the flesh and to um, have that be the result of our lives, but um, too often we do. I'm speaking right there as one who does. Um, he also says that it's, uh, in verse 20, he says, but that is not the way you learn Christ. Um, we, we know better. <laughs> we, we know better. When we're talking about our pursuit of holiness as, as individuals, um, when we're living uh, 
according to our flesh, when we're giving in to our flesh. I mean, we, we know better. Uh, it's not like we haven't been, uh, the Holy Spirit isn't convicting. It's not like we haven't learned um, uh, who God is and, and, and what he has been teaching us. And we just choose to, to follow it ourselves. And I think if we take a step back and look at it, it just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but we live there sometimes. <clears throat> I think we're, we're far too easily fooled uh, into thinking that it's, it's okay to give in. Uh, I, I know I am at times. And I think that for us to, to fight that, we have to see what we're, what we're doing when we do that. Um, we're leading uh, to a life, again, futility, callous, ignorance, corrupt, deceitful. Um, we're either pursuing holiness or we're, we're not. And we're, these things are, are becoming more and more a part of who we are. Or, who, or manifesting themselves. Not a part of who we are, but manifesting themselves in our lives. So then he goes on to um, talk about putting off the old self. And now he goes on to, he gives us hope um, and, and talks about putting on that new self. Let's look at verses 23 and 24. Um, it says, uh, well, verse, yeah, it says, And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. So we, we talk a lot about identity here. Um, if you've been in community groups, uh, we talk about this new identity that we have, and Paul's just described that new identity in, in the first three chapters, and, and it goes hand-in-hand uh, hand with what our calling is, our identity as a people. But if you look at what we, what we are, we're called to put on that new self, and that new self, it says, is created after, uh, after God and, and righteousness and holiness. Um, we talk about holiness. Um, Wayne Grudem, in his uh, Systematic Theology book, uh, defines it as God's holiness means that he is separated from sin, and devoted to seeking his own honor. Um, he, he defines righteousness as God always acts in accordance with what is right and is himself the final standard of what is right. And so we look at those two things and we look at who we are as Christians. Like God, first of all, we've, we're already that. God, Jesus coming to the earth, dying on the cross, being resurrected, us accepting him as our Savior, um, those things are already true of us. Um, so that is who we are. That is our identity. And, and so Josh talks a lot about our um, our outer man kind of growing into the reality of our inner man. And so when we talk about putting on the new self, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about putting on these things um, that we already are, the, these things that God has made us and is, and is making us. Um, like we're called to separate ourselves from sin. We're called to, um, to pursue righteousness, the things that are good, the things that we know to be good, the things that we recognize as good. Um, and as we do this, like we're like displaying who God is again. Um, we look back, um, he is the one that is the foundation for our community. He is the one as the foundation for each of our relationship with him. And he is the one who is building us into the people that he has called us to be. And so <clears throat> the hope that we have in this is pretty incredible is that as we're pursuing him in holiness, as we continue to pursue him in holiness, not that we have to be perfect now, um, but God is making us more and more into, into who he is and, and making that outer man become more and more like that inner man. And so what we have so far is we have, I'm summarizing a lot because I think we've gone through a lot, is we have a picture of community. A community is a, is a, peop, a group of people that, um, that have this common identity, that are working together uh, through the power of Christ, as Christ leading them uh, and being very active in their growth individually and corporately, um, and who are ultimately pursuing uh, the glory of God, both uh, with each other and displaying that glory to the world around us. So we have this picture of community, and then Paul transitions into 
this, this individual pursuit of holiness that we're called to. Uh, we're called to pursue holiness individually so that as we pursue holiness individually, um, our body's going to be functioning well. We're going to be carrying out the gifts that he's called us to, 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 to walk in. So what he does now in 25, verses 25 to, to 32 is he like, puts those two together. He puts the, the fact that um, a very in a very practical way what walking, what pursuing holiness in community looks like. Um, so let's, let's read those. Verse, uh, verse 25, it says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that, me, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for the building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. So what we see right here is Paul is basically describing practical ways that pursuing holiness individually works itself out in community and how pursuing holiness um, affects the community life. Um, so we see uh, he, he talks about things like being truthful, um, uh, putting off anger, um, uh, being holy in our speech, putting away bitterness, wrath, uh, anger, clamor, all those we look at them, all those are manifestations of, of a life that's kind of given in to the flesh, um, a heart that is giving in to the flesh. And think we've all been there. We've all been in a spot where, um, where we um, are pursuing things that we know that we should be pursuing um, individually, and that, that leaks over into our relationships. Uh, we can identify with that. Um, us finding our worth and pursuing things and making ourselves a priority, and, and there, just, there just seems to be this friction that comes up um, individually with our relationship. So you've seen this in church bodies. Um, you've seen church bodies be split right down the middle um, because people are just angry and they'll, they'll gossip. And the, all that is is a manifestation of a life that is pursuing the flesh. Um, and so <clears throat> what, we, what we need to do, and we as in all of us, including me, is, is just realize that when we talk about community, when we talk about um, holiness, those things are inseparable. Um, that's it, inseparable. We cannot talk about living in community. Uh, we cannot talk about living life together without, in the way that God has called us to, without pursuing holiness on an individual level. Uh, we, can't, we can't do it. Um, we get a very clear picture of what community is in, in, with, with the first few chapters in Paul. Um, and I think by having that, we get a very clear picture of what community isn't. Uh, community is not just a uh, a group of friends to hang out with. Um, it's not just like a cool ideal that you're just uh, that you're glad to be a part of. That you that you can tell your friends that you're a part of this this cool this cool church. You know these these cool people. Um, it's not something to do on the weekends. Uh, it's not something that we just talk about and don't participate in. Um, all these things are their benefits. Some of the, like cool people. We got a lot of cool people in this church. I, I'm, I would 100 percent agree with that. Uh, a lot of great people. Um, we got, uh, there is a lot to do. There's things to do on the weekends. There's things to do during the week. Um, there are very cool relationships that are being built. Um, but those aren't like the foundation for, for what we do. That's not what, if you were to, to talk about community, that's not what, what it is. Community is what Paul described it as. 
it's a group of people that are devoted to the same thing, that are that are that are different, but are unified by the fact that we are all um, new creations, um, who are righteous, who are holy, who are a part of God's family, who are working towards the same goal, who are living life together, um, all for the display of who God is, um, both to each other, uh, so we get to so we so we each get to see God better, but also to the world around us. Um, that's what community is, and so when you look at that. Um, like, we have that common purpose. If, if we're not pursuing holiness individually, uh, then we're not devoted to that common purpose. We're not, we're not devoted to that purpose of displaying God, displaying His power, displaying His goodness. Um, and so living in community without the pursuit of holiness can be a very selfish thing. It's, you're in it for what you can get out of it. And I know we've all been there. Um, if, if we're not pursuing holiness, we're not performing our function in this body. Um, we have to see the importance of what we do. We, we have to. And it doesn't mean we have to be perfect, like I said. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. Um, because the fact that we are people who are already holy, but are being made holy, that's just more evidence of the, of the grace uh, and the love of God being worked out practically in our lives. So we're not called to be perfect now. We're in that process of sanctification, but as the world sees us um, being transformed as we live in life, as we live life together, um, that points to the redemption and the forgiveness and the power of God in and of itself. So don't don't hear me say that we have to be perfect. Um, so so where should this kind of hit us? Uh, I think for some of us, this should there should be some conviction, no question. Um, for some of us, there should be. Uh, some conviction about um, some things that we're kind of trying to hide and think are really affecting us individually, some sins that we're refusing to deal with uh, that are we, we feel are only affecting us. A, um, if, it, if it were only affecting us, that would be enough. Um, but B, if you look at the context of what we're talking about, um, it's damaging our relationship with the Lord, but it's also damaging this. Like, it's, it's, hurt, it's harmful to this, you know, to our community, your relationships. If you're not pursuing holiness individually, it's going to end up affecting your relationships and our, our church community. You're not able to fulfill the role that you're that you were called because you're not walking in the gifts that God has given you. Um, some of us, this should be very affirming. This should not be. Um, this should be very affirming for some of us because some of us uh, are doing this, and I think we've all been able to see that. Um, we've got just a ton of people who are just completely devoted to the Lord, um, and so some of this should be confirming. Um, Affirming, um, but for all of us, this 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 should uh, push us to a greater pursuit of holiness because we're there's always room for growth for us. Um, and I think uh, Paul Paul realizes that this can be pretty heavy. This can very easily turn into uh, a uh, guilt, which leads to condemnation, which leads to despair, um, and that's not at all what what this is about. Let's. Let's look at, turn in your Bibles to uh, Ephesians 3, 14, 14 to 21. Because what, what Paul has done is, like we said before, in the first three chapters, he um, lays out the gospel. And then from four to six, chapters 4 to 6, he pretty much talks about the practical implications in community, about what the gospel looks like played out in, in church life. And, uh, and he does a very cool thing in, the, in, in these verses right here. He stops and he prays for this people. And this is what he, this is what he prays. Um, he says, For this reason uh, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. As we look at, he has a very strong grasp of of where we go from here, how the how community in light of the gospel uh, and our individual pursuit of holiness works. Um, he talks about the fact that uh, he prays for them. He says that he wants them to be strengthened in their faith, um, strengthened in their faith through a greater understanding of who God is, um, which will fill us with all the fullness of God, which will be accomplished by God, by his power, for his glory. And so if regardless of where we're at tonight, like us realizing that um, that community is important, that pursuing holiness is important, um, and as we do that, as we pursue God individually, we become more aware of who He is individually. We become more aware of His love for us, how much He cares for us. Um, we become uh, strengthened in our faith, in our faith, and and this stuff, it's like a natural progression. And so uh, this this is incredibly. This should be incredibly encouraging, no matter what end of the spectrum you, we, you, fall, you, you fall tonight. Whether it's conviction, whether it's affirmation, um, we should all be pushed to a pursuit of God um, to understand more of who he is, uh, leading to us functioning, functioning well, pointing to him, uh, being an accurate display of him. God, this is already happening, guys. And I, I know this, is, this could be a very heavy, heavy night. Like we, like God has very... God is displaying himself very well through this body. Um, but I just feel like there's, there's probably some times when we need to reevaluate what we mean when we talk about community. And, and it's time for some of us to stop living on the edges um, and kind of jump in a little bit. So um, this is... God is at work. I, I think that if we look at the 30 days, God is pushing us um, into a greater understanding of who he is. There's no question in my mind. Uh, that he is doing that. And we have heard too many stories of God using the 30 days of prayer and just looking at our covenant, looking at um, life and community and what that teaches us about God. Um, for, for, for me to say that he's not at work, he is completely at work and he is working and he is going to be faithful. And so this is, uh, this is um, going to be good. And so I hope that uh, tonight um, has been good. I hope uh, that there is conviction where there, need, where there needs to be conviction. I hope there's affirmation um, where there needs to be affirmation. I hope that there is no um, condemnation. Uh, I pray that that will not be the case. I, I think that when we look at this, we have there is un, unbreakable hope because of what we talked about, because of the fact that we have that common identity and we have a group of people that are all committed to the same thing. And so uh, I'm excited to see kind of where this leads. Let's, uh, let's pray, and, uh, and we'll, we'll respond. Father, I just thank you so much for the way um, that you manifest yourself through your body. Um, God, I just pray that tonight will be one in which, um, God, you, uh, God, you know our personalities. You know um, what we struggle with. And so I just pray that you will speak very specifically to those areas in our life that, um, that Lord, that we just need to, um, need for you to be a part of. Lord, I pray that you will um, let us just see you doing that with complete love and with complete 
faithfulness and with the power to, to change us, Lord. And, and let us see how you've been just faithful in the past to change us and how you've been faithful um, uh, to change uh, the people around us. Lord, I just thank you so much that, uh, that we get to be just a living, breathing display of who you are on this earth. And that we get to point to what you are in our lives individually. We get to see, um, God, you working uh, in other people's lives, changing lives, transforming lives. Um, God, we thank you for the way that you have done that already in this church, for the way that you have done this in uh, the lives of the people that we work with, uh, that we go to school with, that we live life with. Um, and God, I thank you that, uh, that, Lord, you are completely faithful uh, to do this as we continue to pursue you. And, um, Lord Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. Like the song says, from generation to generation, Lord, and I thank you that you've been so faithful to sustain your church um, throughout generations. Um, and that, uh, Lord, we know for certain, Lord Jesus, that you uh, are continuing to sustain it, that you are very active within us, and that you are transforming us um, individually and corporately and just to a better picture of you. And so we thank you for the way that you do that. Lord, we love you so much, and, and thank you for tonight. Um, we thank you for the way, the fact that tonight just points to you. It really does. Tonight, tonight should point us to you and how good you are and how powerful you are. I pray that, that that's what tonight will do. We love you, and I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.